0: Starting out this week, uh, this weekend saw the death of Kobe Bryant and his daughter, in a, as well as seven others in a tragic helicopter crash, um, so our thoughts and prayers are with all the families and loved ones there. However, I do want to point out um, something that very important and near and dear to me um, to not forget here, the same weekend that Kobe Bryant... Tragically passed, and it is tragedy, not diminishing that. Um, A Georgia firefighter by the name of John Cash died in his sleep while working a 24 hour shift. A Virginia police officer was drugged by a vehicle at a traffic stop and succumbed to her injuries. Katie Thine was her name. Um, as well, well, I say as well, I am looking at the same thing. So this is Katie Thine. She was at a traffic stop on a, on a narcotics bust and the driver decided that he would rather use his vehicle to, um, pin her rather than, uh, be arrested. She leaves behind a two-year-old daughter, um, So what I'm saying is as important as life is celebrity athlete or first responder or military, um, let's, let's remember that politics aside, all lives do matter. And Kobe Bryant was no more important than these individuals simply because he put a basketball into a hoop. As trivialized as that may sound, it's tragic for his wife and his remaining children because his daughter perished with him in the helicopter, but there were seven others on that helicopter that, that perished, as well as first responders and other individuals that will never be touched on or mentioned by the media, and they were just as important as Kobe Bryant to their husbands, their children, and their wives. And in their lives, Bang so on. hang um, on. Let's let's remember that. Rest easy to Kobe Bryant and his daughter. Prayers to the family, but prayers to John Cash's family, the firefighter from Georgia, and prayers to Katie Thine's two-year-old daughter and her loved ones. Uh, tragic, tragic week, and these lives do matter as much as any athlete or celebrity. War in the Hockey Podcast. Episode 41 will begin in just a moment. Warm the Hockey Podcast Episode Forty One. Back in the saddle again this week. We are now in the forties for our episodes, getting up there in episode numbers. Amazing. Um, when we we got we got we're coming up on a year. A year. Soon. Um, we'd be in season two if this were a, a <laughs> near the end of season two if this were a episodic television show. Yes. Um, but uh, this week, normally we start with headlines. This week we are starting with um, the importance of. I want. I want to touch on it—the importance of mental health, um, because it is Bell Let's Talk it is going around the hockey c- community. That's um, that's
1: today, right? Yeah. As we record, as we record,
0: it is today it is going around the hockey community. Um, Bell Let's Talk. Um, for every social media post that you use the hashtag and you and you mention um, Bell Let's Talk, um, five dollars, I believe. Um, five cents. Five cents. Five excuse cents. me. Yeah. yeah. Five cents go to um, mental health charities, correct? Yep.
1: Or, um, yep. Mental health charities. And I don't know exactly which ones I should, but I don't. Yeah. But um, I've been looking at the stats uh, that they publish every year. And, and uh, between the, ages 15 to 25 are, uh, I think, two and a half times more likely to suffer from substance abuse, depression, anxiety, that kind of stuff, mental, uh, mental issues, uh, than any other age group. And that's male and female. So there's a lot of help out there. There's a lot of resources to, uh, to call on, uh, not just friends and family, but there's, there's places to reach out to, uh, do not
0: hesitate. Well, I think it's important to talk about too, to, um, at least mention the idea that you want to listen and you want to, you want to talk about what's going on before, um, before it's too late. We too often, we, in the wake of a tragedy, we, we come out saying, saying all the right things when we should be talking about things before tragedy even happens. Yeah. Um, standard response is, gee, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, the, it's a shame that we've, that, I mean, it's a shame, but it is the way the world has been um, that, you know, up to as recently as, what would you say, 10 years ago, maybe yeah. even five years ago, um, anybody in any job, uh, hockey, police fire, whatever, you know, would come, come to you dealing with, uh, depression or dealing with something mentally. And the go-to response was stop being a pussy and man up. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's, that comes from inside and out and on, and nowadays, and I like this adaption in society nowadays, you, you need to be able to talk to people, but I think it was that mentality back five, 10, 15 years ago, that is, that makes it a little difficult for people to want to come forward, especially who they're coming forward to. Um, if they're a grizzled young veteran, if they're a grizzled veteran type of person of, of the idea, the mentality that, well, you're not a man. If you, if you've got any, any emotion or any weakness going around. Right. Mm. And, and that right, wrong or indifferent, that can contribute to the idea of, well, I'm not going to say anything just to get turned away and say and to have the go-to response be "man up." Right. No, that you so know what? You, I, you
1: look at but look at our game. Look at the people that have been affected in our game. Guys like Theo Fleury, Jordan Tutu, Terrence Tutu, uh, Carcillo, McGrattan, Carcillo, Wade uh, Belak. Yeah, Belak and Bugard and and. Uh, I mean, these are these are guys uh, ripping in Vancouver. These are these are the these are the toughest hombres in our game. These are the hardest nosed guys anywhere, and uh, and they are the ones had you know that come right off the top of your head is the ones that have been most affected. It has nothing to do with your level of macho. No, nope. it's almost inversely proportional, actually.
0: I agreed, but that's what I mean. It's nice, it's nice to see the transition a little bit that, you know, if you see certain hard things or you go through certain hard things that you can actually talk to somebody and that there's not this, there still is a lot of stigma, but there, but it's starting, I think, to trend in the direction of the stigma slowly going away where, you know, you have your heart broken, you you go through these things and you can talk to somebody mm-hmm. and not have to feel like you're going through it alone because because you fear that the go-to response is pick yourself up, yep. you know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's good to see. Anyway, uh, Bell Let's Talk, um, if you make a, a social media post, use that. And five cents goes to uh, tremendous mental health charities and m- mental health, the mental health movement and
1: mental health causes. So bottom line though is, I mean, the, 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 charities are wonderful. The, the publicity of it all, let's say the fact that this is now getting a whole lot of press and, uh, and people like Mike Landsberg and people like that are really, uh, stepping up on it. The, but it all starts at home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Look around. If you need help, reach out. If you don't need help, if you're one of the blessed ones who does not need help, look around and be aware, watch for the signs, be somebody that somebody can be a to. resource. Yep, Yep. And, and be watching because you may be standing right next to somebody every day who needs help and has got some of the signs that that we need to look for and be aware of. And, uh, and nobody is, nobody is sitting down with them and, and seeing what, what can be done. So
0: agreed. Anyways, um, bell, let's talk an important, an important movement every year for an important cause. Um, let's remove the stigma around, um, asking for help and mental health war room, the hockey podcast episode 41 this week. We're, um, we wanted to touch on that in replace of, or in lieu of, Headlines this week. I wanted to make yep. that kind of the intro to things. Um, but this week we are um, discussing all decade stuff. Uh, friend of the show, uh, John Leahy, wrote in a couple weeks ago um, asking about an episode on this. Yep, We touched on it last week about wanting to mention it, but we decided to attempt to make an a full episode out of it all decade stuff this week uh, but before anything head to apple Podcasts and spotify subscribe uh, rate and review share with family and friends continue to help this show grow and we greatly appreciate the continued love and support and settle in for episode 41 of war room the hockey podcast
1: war room the hockey podcast proud to be sponsored by maple rock the finest in handcrafted organic Certified maple products. uh, Full line of maple products available in downtown Summerland on Victoria Road and around the world at maplerock.com. Just visited with them earlier today, and they are selling in United Arab Emirates, Japan, China, uh, now into the Yukon territories. So uh, Maple Rock is expanding, and it is the finest stuff there is. It is not your basic grandma's maple syrup this is good stuff maplerock.com proud sponsor of the show
0: episode 41 this week of war Room the hockey podcast again all decade this week we are into 2020 we're not just into 2020 we are nearing the end of the first month of 2020 already we're getting into we're getting into the month of of my birthday Yep, my wife's birthday Oof. I'm another year older in a couple of weeks. Oh, but you're getting so you're at least getting two years so wiser. wise If for every year, every year after the age of twenty five, you get two years wiser. That's right. Wait till you have kids. Wait till you see <laughs> how smart you'll be then. But the big two eight for me this this coming month. So twenty eight coming up. Um, but yeah. Yikes! First month of twenty twenty is already over pretty much, and we are getting into February. I hate to say it, but we're going to be sitting here recording an episode later this year, and we're going to be jaws to the floor, shocked that it's already October type of of mentality. So time flies by. Um, But all decade stuff, because we're in 2020, we're going to cover uh, 2010 to 2019 um, of who we kind of select and who we see as kind of being the all decade team, if you will. Um, but first quick touch on some junior hockey. Yeah. You know, uh, Alexi we, Lafreniere real quick, suspended three suspended games three for games. uh hit to the head right. in the QMJHL. That was a good call. It was, Pretty it was easy. a blindside hit. It was a, it was a good call. Right.
1: Um, right. To the mush. Yeah, right. Knocked right. him, knocked him cold.
0: Knocked him cold. Um, three games, uh, fits. It's the right call. Yep. Um, nothing wrong with that the push we're down to what in
1: in major junior the final well the regular season will end in march so yeah you're down to the last 15 or 20 games
0: and kind of like the nhl where you sit now is kind is likely where you'll finish in in junior yeah it's Um,
1: pretty well sorted out the only difference will be there are some teams that uh, you know anything can happen in the playoffs so a team that's that's been up and down a little bit and played well, uh, like a Prince Albert or a Lethbridge uh, had, had some runs and had some struggles. Uh, you get them in the playoffs and you never know. And, and the all three leagues are wide open. I did see, watched a lot of junior hockey during the all-star break because I'm not a, sorry to say, I'm not, an, I'm not a fan. Uh, well, on, on that, on
0: that real quick, real quick, touch on it real quick and then we'll move on. I don't want to talk too much about it. I've been, well, we both kind of have been openly objective yet critical about the women's game. However, in the gong show of what the the NHL (laughs) All-Star game has become, the three-on-three women's was the most exciting thing
1: yeah it was a,
0: and they stole they stole the show in that way because it was at, they were actually competing against each other there's actually a competitive nature to it not absolutely not a floating yeah. around there and there was there was more goals i think they said in the first period of of one of the three on three all-star games amongst divisions in the first period than there was all game of the women's game. The best because thing, there was some excitement with yeah. the women's game, not full fledged contact and full hockey, but there was some excitement to it. And they, and that is the type of thing, despite my criticisms that will go a long way in showing that you're Absolutely. deserving of, a, of your own WNHL. So percent applause, to, uh, applaud them and and good good for them. I just wanted to mention that yep. before we we get a couple into anything of really else. good. That's
1: a good point, And thanks for bringing that up. the The best thing that they did, good on the NHL for bringing them in and including them and using that weekend. The let's face it, the All Star Game and the and the whole weekend. Those festivities are for the new fans. They're for kids. It's for new fans. It's kind of fun. Uh, if you're not around the game every single day and you're not really in the weeds of it. It's a a great time to bring in new fans and for people to see that don't normally watch. Thanks to the NHL for bringing the women in. They put on a fantastic show. The best idea of the weekend was having it be a U.S. versus Canada game Mm -hmm. because that really had, I mean, if you can, if you can say there was jam in an all-star game that had jam, you know, there was a lot of money on the board because those two teams, as much as they have become friends and teammates around the world, and they're very much allied now as trying to grow the women's game when they go on the ice against each other, it is war. So Good on him for doing that. It really put some bite into the game, and that was really fun to watch. You're absolutely right. But in in getting away from the NHL for a week during that, I did watch a lot of junior hockey. There is, again, and stop me when this sounds familiar because it's been going on for 10 years, Dale Hunter has a line in, and this looks like, oh my gosh, this looks like the the Pat Kane line of 10, 11 years ago. He's got a line of uh, Liam Foodie, Connor McMichael, and Evangelista in London that is practically unstoppable. Those guys are absolutely dynamite. They're all going to be great pros. And uh, if you get a chance to watch any kind of junior, junior hockey, junior A or major junior, tune it in, find it. Uh, You can, what's the, uh, what's the website? Is it hockey, hockey TV or hockey something or other? I don't remember which. uh, Yeah, I think it's hockey TV. you can literally watch any game from basically from Pee Wee on up around the world.
0: HockeyTV.com.
1: HockeyTV.com.
0: However, I will, I want to put it out there for everybody who looks into it. it. You can watch pretty much any hockey from the Pee Wee level of youth teams up to even some nhl teams but mainly ahl and junior um but to get full access you do there is a subscription that you have to have yeah and it's not and it's a month monthly or annually i forget how how do you go about paying but it is a so worth it. it is a subscription but if you are looking into um uh checking out hockey across the board outside of just the NHL. Um, it is worth at least looking into
1: That's hockeytv.com. Uh, I've got a new, I got a new gem for you. Okay. You know, we're all, we always try to bring up the, what is not quite the most obvious thing in the world. There's a kid named Will Cooley in Windsor. That is a Josh Anderson, Nick Foligno, Tom Wilson, light kind of guy. He's he's one of the most skilled heavy players in all of junior hockey. He's draft eligible this year. Look for that name. I don't know where he's going to end up, but he would be in the mold of playoff hockey. That you know, we always talk about guys like Reeves and Wilson and Anderson. Uh, he's a guy to look for. Look for Will Cooley. The Windsor Spitfires
0: do the Toronto Maple Leafs trade for Josh Anderson, or do I do it? Or because this week is all decades, should I? Should you forget I asked the question, so we don't spend an hour on on why they should?
1: I am. It's the first thing I look at every morning. Is has Kyle Dubas picked up Josh Anderson yet from Columbus? Would love to see that. I just I tease myself with that every day.
0: Uh, Coquitlam Express and the BCHL have won the equivalent of. The President's Trophy. They've won the BCHL. Bit of a juggernaut. So good for them. Uh, They, along with um, Couch and Valley, uh, Penticton. Trail. uh, Trail. And a number of other teams have... I don't know if Trail has clinched a playoff spot yet, but um, a number of teams have clinched in BCHL already. They're down to what their final... Month or so. Oh of, yeah, they're
1: they're down to uh, their regular season, about ten or twelve games left.
0: Congratulations to Cornell, Big Red. They're number one. they number one ranked NCAA Division one hockey team. Um, so far, heading into closing out their year before their conference tournaments and and heading into the Frozen Four. So don't
1: look now, but here comes North Dakota. North again. Dakota's top
0: five: Cornell, <laughs> um, Minnesota State. These teams are. And it's exciting there to see some new schools, um, kind of breaking out a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Um, if that's all you have on junior,
1: it is for now.
0: Uh, all decade, all decade again is one of those hard ones because, like anything else that we are openly criticize as well, it is very subjective. Subjective Absolutely. on the players you want and the you know the teams or whatever. But I did it a couple of ways. I did it first. Um, Starting in with the 2010 draft, the draft picks. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 From each draft year, that are the best producing players. Oh, cool. Um, and there's one from each year, one forward from each year, and one defenseman from each year, to make to make the all-decade team. That right way. on. The other way I did it was um, all-decade team by point scorers through the decade. Yeah, that's the easy one. So that's, and that's not necessarily starting in 2010 because um, of Crosby, Ovechkin, or Kane, or anybody like that. But it's the top point scorers in that 10 year increment who produced the most points in those 10 years. Yeah. And then that's the way I did it second, and that's my second all decade team there. Yeah. Um,
1: I I go I way outside the lines on defensemen because I've never been a fan of the top scoring defenseman being me the best guy. I don't, that's I, I, ridiculous. I don't, I
0: don't either. Um, I'm a big advocate, as you know, that the Norris Trophy needs to go to. There's different ways you could give the Norris Trophy to the top defenseman. Best plus minus, you know, a number of different stats like that. Not the most productive. Defenseman, because that defeats the purpose of best defenseman. But, yeah. um, but the point is, just to just to have the selections. I took the the best producing defenseman in each draft, as well as the forwards, just to fill it out. So, um, well, let's hear it. All, my first all-decade team is 2010 second overall pick, leading point getter. Tyler Sagan he's he's over Taylor Hall so he's yeah um, so he's your leading point getter from 2010 2011 58th overall pick the leading point getter from that year Nikita Kucherov wow down to the bottom of the second round Mm -hmm. 2012 the 11th overall pick leading point getter from that year Philip Forsberg Hmm. That one surprises me a bit. A little bit, yeah. This one, obvious uh, if you watch the game. 2013, first overall pick, leading point getter, Nathan McKinnon. Great year. 2014, third overall pick, leading point getter, Leon Dreisiedel.
1: Two- I, I missed him. I, I, I missed him altogether. Was not I was not a fan of that pick, but he's a he was a Kelowna
0: rocket too. Yeah. So uh John Leahy, I hope we're given enough detail here on the all decade stuff. We'll see we'll see what you think. <laughs> um 2015, first overall pick, leading point getter, Connor McDavid. Ho oh, hum. Two
1: thousand fifteen? He's already been around for five years. Mm-hmm. Good grief!
0: Well, you forget that because remember he missed the majority of his rookie year to a broken collarbone. The broken collarbone. Yeah. Then he missed a chunk of his second year to an injury. Yeah, Brandon Manning, I think, who's now his teammate. Yeah, and then I think third year was his first full year, if I'm correct. So kind of a slow start. So it seemed it seemed like he was getting off in 2018 or so, 17 or 18 rather than 15. But uh, 2016, first overall pick leading point getter, Austin Matthews. Yes, sir. 2017, first overall pick leading point getter, Nico Heshear. Is he the top producer in that draft? Mm-hmm. But we're also getting to the draft years now where the number of points is very, very low pretty, because they've only short. been in for yeah. a few years. Uh, 2018, second overall pick leading point getter, Andre Svechnikov. And I included 2019 um, just because it falls within the decade, but it's so recent that it's hard to tell this um, this early on. But I included it. First overall pick, leading point getter, Jack Hughes, who leads uh, point who leads 2019 that draft um, class draft class in points. Um, he and I he have been pretty quiet. Well, New, New Jersey altogether had so has trouble. Been, yeah, uh, defenseman and it well, anybody you'd change first of all
1: well these are you're talking about the guys that well are the it's, top it's hard scorers to change. in the it's in hard the, to
0: change anybody job. based on yeah. how i classified that one um but anybody you'd add or
1: change though if you were doing if you were doing your all decade stuff well I'm, I'm, when i when i put mine together i didn't i didn't pay a a whole lot of attention. You can't avoid the leading scorers, but I did a, a lot of it based on consistency as well. So while McDavid is easily one of the top two players in the game, I look at a complete game. I look at a complete game like Sid Crosby. I look at a guy who was putting up points in 2010 and still putting up points in 2019, and a guy who can check, maybe block a few shots, handle himself physically, play in all areas of the ice, Play down low, cycle, rush, whatever. And I, like I said, I went clear off the board on defensemen because I just don't buy that you know, top scorer you know, on D guy.
0: I don't either. I included it in my first way of doing it, just to <clears throat> just to
1: have defensemen
0: included in the right. all-decade stuff. But I don't buy the no,
1: point, when, point when getting from defenseman either. But when I mean, Eric um, Carlson's minus twenty seven or whatever he it's is, a, I, yeah.
0: it's all subjective. No but thanks. there's different ways to select your all decade. There's different arguments. Yeah, you could you could argue that all decade is the second way I did it, which is um, point scores through the decade or different things like that, um, because it, it excludes guys like Connor McDavid because they were drafted in 15. So all decade you could argue why include guys that were drafted in the middle of the decade. Right. But exactly. um, So there's different ways to look at it. I guess it's, and again, it's subjective how you choose to, how you choose to do it. But uh, defenseman wise, again, I don't buy the point thing from defense, from defenseman, but I'm a believer like you that that doesn't make the best defenseman, but to fill it out, 2010, 12th overall pick, Cam Fowler. Yeah. He's your um, leading point getter of defensemen. Um, 2011, 9th overall pick, Dougie Hamilton.
1: No argument there.
0: 2012, 5th overall pick, Morgan Riley. 2013, 4th overall pick, Seth Jones. 2014, 1st overall pick, Aaron Ekblad. 2015, eighth overall pick, Zach Werenski.
1: He's the uh, Werenski looked like for the first couple of months, two or three months, he was really off to a bad start. He's the leading defenseman goal scorer this, as of right now. Very quiet, mm-hmm. put uh, putting together a good year again. And I heard, I've heard rumors that they were trying to peddle him, or having trouble signing him, yeah. or something or other. What what was the what was the story? I know. The Josh Anderson story, and I, they're, they're having I can't get, re- get beyond they're, that.
0: They are having trouble signing him before he. they finally got him to that extension. Okay.
1: Yeah, that was it. Yes, okay. but Josh Anderson
0: First. to the Maple Leafs. <laughs> For the Leafs fans out there that don't know about Josh Anderson, look into him, because you might share the excitement of him being on the trade block in Ooh. Columbus and why Mr. Leafs fan over here wants <laughs> Kyle Dubas. What's the nickname you give Dubas? Oh, Well, uh, he looks like Rachel Maddow. <laughs> well, he wants Kyle Dubas or Rachel Maddow
1: to uh, trade for him?
0: <laughs> but to get to
1: trade for him, you'd have to give up. Throw him, throw him, Jeremy Bracco and William uh, Nylander. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I didn't say it. Can I just time. can I
0: just say for the people out there, William Nylander has is on pace for arguably a career year. He's already. He's got his, topped his goal level. He's topped his goal level. He's already. He's on pace for a career year. Um, the Maple Leafs all. are out of the playoffs. I know they're out of the playoffs. They're floundering right now. Aside from a victory against the Nashville Predators, they're floundering a little bit. They're out of the playoffs. William Nylander is one of your bright spots in Toronto if you're a Leafs fan. How sad is that? And you are only concerned about the fact that the man has a man bun. You're con- that's what you're concerned with. Your, t- As if he your team aggravate is- me anymore. Now your, he's team- got a man bun. your team is out of the playoffs and whether you like it or not he's one of your leading goal scorers and all you care about is that he ha- is what kind of haircut he has.
1: I can't. It's a help little it. skewed. He's just not my style. Anyway, anyway. yeah, I think you're up to sixteen on the defenseman.
0: Mikhail Sergachev in 2016, ninth overall pick. 2017, third overall pick, Miro Heiskanen. He's your He's leading point yeah. um, leading point getter, not by much though, with Kale McCarr coming up. But cool. 2018, first overall pick, Rasmus Dalin. And you're. 2019, 20th overall pick, Vilay Hinola, is your yeah. leading guy in, there in Dallas? No, he's in. Where, where is Hinola? Vilay Hinola. I really should have put the teams down. Forgive me. Um, but yeah, I don't. Again, I don't buy points when it when you're speaking of defensemen.
1: But well, and and would you really honestly? Like this, uh, the Dallin kid in Buffalo. He's a good young player. He's going to have a nice career, but would you would you honestly pick him over Kale Macar, just because McCarr played an extra year in uh, in university?
0: Now you're talking same draft year because Daleen was not Macar's draft year.
1: If oh, I thought they if were. That's Heiskanen. Oh, Heiskanen. Okay.
0: Yeah, well, Heiskanen's a he's a tremendous skater too. Uh, Hinola is Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Sorry. And they're they're struggling too. I get. My we f- could do a whole episode on middle road teams and oh, everything like that. Yeah. Which maybe we can do next week Nasty. before you leave yeah. ta- before Let's you do leave that. town. Let's do we that. can do a middle road. And unfortunately, you know, I, I don't want to laugh because anybody who's followed hockey knows that my Colorado Avalanche had a forty-eight point year a couple of years ago. So I don't want to laugh. But no. one of the middle road
1: teams right now is your Toronto Maple Leafs. So. Well, if you're going to suck, you got to really really suck. You do not want to be in the middle or lower part of the first of the draft round. You're not getting a game breaker of a pick in most years and you really can't rebuild like that. So, anyway, if you're going to if you're going to be bad, you've got to really stink. So All
0: decade team by point scores through the decade is the second way I did it. Okay. Fire away. Can you? Here's here's my trivia question for you. Okay, we got to throw trivia in. We All always right. do. Who was the top point getter through the decade?
1: I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a stab at Pat Kane. Yes, was it?
0: It was. All right. He has been. Now I won't ask you if you can guess how many points, but. He Was your top point getter through the decade? Now, part of that, with all due respect to Patrick Kane, was because through the decade, I think out of 10 years, Crosby missed the equivalent of maybe three
1: or four full seasons. Yeah, he missed a lot of time. Um, he had that inj- they if had it the weren't f- injury, the neck injury. If it
0: weren't for that, Cros- Crosby's probably looking at, I would say, over a thousand points for that de- for one decade. Yeah. Um, Crosby's- and that was not the case, but but. I I say that to, however, I do want to not trivialize the the career that
1: Patrick Kane has made for himself. He is durable. And that's another thing that I look at and and take nothing away from McDavid, who got banged up, and Sid Crosby, who is, they're both tremendous players. Crosby's a great leader. He's an extremely good two-way player. He plays all over the ice. He can do everything in the game other than maybe your you know your one trick pony like Ovechkin who's a fantastic goal scorer but what else does he do I Pat Kane has put together I mean he he got I think he had a broken collarbone for, for a few weeks once he plays 80 games a, a year he goes to work every night mm-hmm. he is slippery nobody gets a real clean shot at him he has for a for a small guy. He has put together a fantastic career, and um, he's the guy that that people like Johnny Goudreau want to become. But it's not easy at five nine or whatever Patty is. He's he's really put together a heck of a career. Mm-hmm. What great player! And it's no, I mean it's no coincidence that he's been on a great team. But he's a part of why they're so good.
0: Oh yeah, agreed. Chicago kind of had a perfect storm, though, of of success with a tremendous coach and Joel Quenville. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Taves, you know, has proven to be a good leader. Uh, Patrick Kane, you're, obviously, he's your leading goal your sc- point scorer through through the decade. Um, good goaltending that they had for a number of years. Um, solid defensemen in Seabrook and Keith. I mean, so they kind of had the perfect storm of success. Also, where they had the perfect storm of success, if you think about it, where they fell in, and I guess percentages are percentages, but they fell into a time where where cap hits weren't what you're seeing today. So you could, re- you could re-sign a guy long-term at eight or eight and a half, And nowadays it's 11, 11 and a half. So, and it's all relative because, you know, percent, it evens out percentage wise, percentage wise, percentage of the cap cap today at 11 and a half is equal to what the percentage of the cap was when Kane and Taves signed their long-term 10 year deals, you know, a number of years ago. So it all evens out, But but they, but you get my point. They, it fell where your big contracts were 8 million. Well, that's not, not that's right. 12 million, not anything like, so it gave you whether percentages evened up, you know, equaled or not. It gave you more leeway with what you could
1: do with a roster based on that. They've done a, they've done a nice job. And this is why Chicago was pretty, you know, they were easily one of the best couple of teams of the decade. And they, you got to really salute them as the best team of that 10-year span. Joel Quenville, great guy, great coach. Stan Bowman did a masterful job with the cap because he rebuilt that team two or three different times. Pat Sharp in and out. They, did away. they had to get rid of Bufflin. They had to get rid of Dave Boland. They dumped. Uh, they had Brian Bickle on that first cup team. They won with anti- Niemi in goal, and then they turned that roster clear over. And they, the core was still there, which was Quenville and Keith and Seabrook and Kane and Taves. Uh, but, my gosh, uh, to be able to win what they went three in five years or three in six years, that's, uh, that's a masterful job, and they've always been competitive. And I, this year I picked them. I, I didn't think for a minute that they were going to make the playoffs. Here they are again and Jeremy Colliton doing a nice job with uh, making that roster making that roster work. Yep. Um
0: 771 points for Patrick Kane through, dec- through that decade. Point of game, pretty much Sidney Crosby comes in second, which good for Crosby and that's what I mean, At missing the time he missed through that decade. Yes. He still comes in second in scoring through the decade, 735 points. Alex Ovechkin Third with 700, 732 Claude Giroux with seven hundred and twenty-three.
1: Very underrated guy.
0: Johnny T. John Tavares yep. with six hundred and ninety-six. Steven Stamkos, six hundred and seventy-three. Phil Kessel <laughs> with six hundred and seventy-three. Phil Kessel. The same number of points through the decade as Stephen Stamkos. Pretty amazing. Hmm. I
1: I know Hmm. I know I look I I get
0: it. Phil Kessel more points through the decade than Evgeny Malkin with six hundred seventy-one. Blake Wheeler with six hundred fifty-five. Nicholas Backstrom six hundred fifty-three. Anze Kopitar. 646. Jamie Ben, 631. This makes my blood boil. Brad Marchand, 623. <laughs> Tyler Sagan, 621. Ryan Getzlaff, 617. Jonathan Taves, 608. Joe
1: Pavelski, 602. Where's Jumbo in that? Where is he? Is he nowhere on that list? Nope. I would have thought Joe Thornton would have would be at least in the top 20, top 25. Nope. No kidding. I have
0: the top 20 here. Huh. He's not in it. Uh, Joe Pavelski, 602. Jakub Voracek. Wow. 500, just, 589. That one surprises me. Eric Stahl, 582. And... Patrice Bergeron. Yeah, he's he's at on 574. List. Your top 2 goalies of the decade. Can you guess in, who, who in they what, might be in what
1: evaluation? Goals against and save percentage. Well, my my goalie of the my one single goalie of the decade was Marc-Andre Fleury. I'm going to guess that Lundquist, Luongo, Price, they're all in there. But I just because of the wins, because yeah. of the consistency, I took flurry. Yep. Top your
0: s- second goalie, Pekka Rinne. Our favorite really? goalie loves that. Pecca Pekka. 539 Pekka games played. 539 games played in the decade. 2.39 GAA. Hmm. And a 91. And a .918, 91% save percentage. Pretty good body of work. Henrik Lundqvist is your number one of the decade. 544 games played. A 2.5 GAA, 2.5. And a equal save percentage to Pekka Rinne at 91%. 918. So, there you go. It's all subjective, but I thought it would be uh, at least... Interesting to kind of list your, your top decade
1: players there. So let me just say this about Phil Kessel, all right? Oh. I salute <laughs> Phil Kessel. He's not missed a night of work in 10 years. He has very, very quietly put together, uh, what, almost 800 games without a miss? I absolutely salute that. Same way with Keith Yandel in Florida. Who hasn't missed a game? Same way with and, uh, was it uh, Andrew Cogliano? Didn't miss a game. pero suspended him for two games for nothing, or he'd have eight or nine hundred games without a miss. That is extremely hard to do in this game. So I salute Phil Kessel. He puts up points and he goes to work every night. Now it's easier when you never make contact with anybody to not get injured. So I. Uh, but I'll give him that much it's it's not easy it's not easy to play for 10 years and avoid everybody <laughs> oh come on see I'm
0: I'm choosing to, you know the you know the phrase active listening yes I learned I learn about that at work I learn about that in school I, active listening it's what we should be doing with in the in the vein of mental health I'm choosing to do active ignoring <laughs> when you talk like that. What? <laughs> so active ignoring. I'm coining that phrase. Active ignoring.
1: Active ignoring. No, well put. Um, All right. So I. Oh, I here we throw, go. You got more. No, I just listen. I like. I. You can't argue with the points when you're evaluating based on points, but I got to throw in for two-way play. I got to have Bergeron. I like Mark Giordano. I like Drew Doughty. Duncan Keith, Brent Burns. I mean, these are two-way defensemen. Uh, they put up points, but they, they can play at both ends. The teams that probably, to me, were the hardest to play for a consistent basis over 10 years, probably the San Jose Sharks, who never won a cup, and the Chicago Blackhawks, who won three. The story of the decade was probably pretty easily the Vegas Golden Knights. Would you...
0: Would you agree with that? Yes and no. Again, it's to me, it's the same argument of including certain players who were drafted in the latter half of the decade type of thing. Yeah. Right? Like nothing against a Connor McDavid or an Austin Matthews or things. I included them in the first aspect of my all-decade selections simply on the basis of leading point oh, getters from class. certain draft classes. Yeah. But it's to me, it's the argument I make of, you know— at what point in the decade did they start to produce? At what point in the decade did they start to leave their mark? And, you know, good on Vegas. First year in the in the NHL, their inaugural season, Stanley Cup final. And since then, they've been tops of the Pacific Division in the Western Conference. Yeah. Good on them. That's not by a mistake, no matter the criticisms they got for the uh, expansion draft. The only thing I'll say with it is they came in in 2017 that's that's seven or eight seasons into the
1: decade. So I'm just saying the, the, the one story, just the story of going to the final. The I mean the game. standout story absolutely yeah. agreed. Yeah, that's all. And, and you know you gotta you also have to salute a guy like Chara who now he's probably been one of the better defensive defensemen for the second decade in a row now. So mm-hmm. whether you like the guy or not, he goes to work every night. He plays a lot of games. He plays a ton of minutes. He plays against the toughest guys. And he's, what is he, 42 now and still? Still kicking. Still kicking. Still indeed. moving. I like Jumbo. I think he's you know he's been consistently, he's got thousands, some assists or something ridiculous. I, a guy like uh, Mark Edward Vlasic. Never gets a lot of ink, but a really, really good defender. I struggle with him ever since I got to know his wife on that, <laughs> on
0: that Hockey Wives <laughs> reality show. <laughs> My gosh. you know. And I say that knowing very well I watched it on a TV screen. I don't know her personally. No. She may be a very pleasant woman. I think we can all agree that reality TV is twisted and extorted for the sake of drama and creating drama. But wow, did she annoy the <laughs> shit out of me? Excuse my language, but anyway, she could be a very pleasant, lovely woman. So I I will leave it at that. But Carey Price has got to be uh, one of your top goaltenders as well, doesn't he? Um, I will take Flurry over him, but no. that's just me. Not nothing against Carey Price, but in terms of the decade, I'll take I'll take
1: I'll be the first to choose Flurry over. Over the last ten years, and somebody with a with this ten year body of work, I mean, it's easy to pick out Pat Kane or Crosby or or Ovechkin or somebody. It's easy to look at the stats, and you can't really argue too much with the stats. But and it's it's such a team game. You really can't even look at teams that won, that won cups and won consistently because it it takes twenty five guys. So it, that part of it. Yeah, you can you can point to it, but there's got to be like who is your invisible star? Who's your underrated guy? Who's somebody that you might, if you're talking about all-decade teams, you might get this guy in the third round. Who would it be?
0: Well, he wasn't third round, but Ryan O'Reilly is a second round. Good, yeah, second round guy. That good call. I mean. The Number of face offs he takes and, and the reliability that he has. Yeah. Um, Paul Stasny. Yeah. Paul Stasny. Jamie Ben. Paul Stasny would be my go to. I mean, like Landis Gog. Stasny, not just because Stasny is my, aside from Peter Forsberg, is my all time favorite player, but when you watch Stasny play, he's taken defensive zone face offs. Yeah. He's your, he's your, the quarterback. On most power play units, he's and he's bigger and faster. That you've said, you've said this before. Stasny's bigger and faster than he looks like. Yeah, he doesn't
1: look. And, he doesn't look like he could outquick anyone. And on so top
0: effective. of that, Paul Stasny and I'd have to look it up, but he's got in his career since coming into the league, he's got seven hundred or so career points, oh, and wow. I guarantee you three quarters of them are in from within the box in the slot they're 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 close in close dirty grinding mucking it up type of goals on the rebound you know things like that and and to me that's a that's a reliable player nowadays nowadays players like austin matthews or somebody who can who can pick up the puck at the top of the circle and snipe it top corner? There right. are getting to be a dime a dozen <laughs> guys that guys that can go into the tough areas, stand in front of the net like a Gabe Landeskog, yeah. who is arguably the best at deflecting pucks. Gabe Landeskog, yeah, and go into these areas in front of the net and muck it up and and produce at a at a high level from
1: in close like that. That's to me that's. Well, a guy like a guy like Stasny probably hasn't scored a dozen goals off the rush in his career. No. Everything is coming from the cycle, everything's coming from inside. And well, on the subject of that, let me let me give a shout out to our boy, Wee Willie Nylander. You know, we talked about what was it uh, last week's episode, we talked about stats and analytics, and that the only one that I could point to that mattered was the shot chart. Look at Willie Nylander's shot chart for this year, where he shoots from and where he scores from. Everything is inside the dots. Everything. He's not only getting there, he's getting a hold of the puck in there and he's making it happen. So when you look at a guy like Nylander, and I always I always accused him of you know, Nylander being Swedish for perimeter, he's not. And he's he's in there, he's inside the hash marks, and he's scoring. So good on him for that. See, now, this is in one show, in, one, in the span of 15 minutes, I've complimented Phil Kessel and William Nylander.
0: Take, take I, note. Episode 41 of War Room the Hockey Podcast. We have compliments from the biggest critics of <laughs> Phil Castle and William Nylander. We have compliments to William Nylander and Phil Castle from said critics. So it's hey, a, I'm a applause. Renaissance man. What applause. can I tell you? I'm a yes. man of the people. Yeah. But no, <laughs> I yeah. I, I, I based it uh, for the for the sake of ease of selection, to be quite honest. I based my all decade selections on number of points and different things like that. But if you really spent any amount of time and forgive forgive us. Mr. Leahy for, for kind of quickly throwing it together, but any amount of time researching, I'd I'd put a guy like O'Reilly and Stasny and different players like that onto the all-decade list, yep. because they've been Iron Men types through the decade, as well as consistent through the decade and reliable, and so. To me, let's let's just say to me those those two are on my my true and my th- more well thought out all decade team. Paul Stasny, Ryan O'Reilly, uh, Patrice Bergeron, a um, Bergeron, Andrew sure. Cogliano
1: type. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know but Bergeron is just magic. He d- he's it, I don't know. I mean, I, you can't get away from Sid, and you can't get away from the magic of, of a guy like McDavid, but. Boy, do I want Patrice Gabe Bergeron Laniskog on my is team! And Gabe
0: Landeskog is on, my, my, on mm-hmm. that too for me. So um, I got yeah.
1: to say that pre, it was pretty easy for me. Joe Quenville and Barry Trotz were the best two coaches of the last ten years, as far as their, as far as wins and quality and, and the fundamental play of what they what their guys did. Because, as the old saying goes, you what you see is what you coach, and those teams. Are They're just impossible, and he's done it again in on the island. Barry Trotz, he did it in Nashville. He did it in Washington. He's doing it with the Islanders. Joe Quenville won three Cups. He's back, and he's got Florida Panthers uh, in contention now. And if you're talking about one of the best teams, if not the best team of the last 10 years, the, Bla- the Chicago Blackhawks, you you got to know that Dale Talon built that team. He drafted the entire core that's been there the whole time. He got ousted in the makeover when they went to Stan Bowman. He got into it, but but Talon built that team. He drafted Pat Kane. He drafted Taves. He drafted Seabrook, Keith, uh, and he brought in Quenville. So you got to give a shout-out to, to him because he uh, and a Stan Bowman kept it together, and he managed the cap, but Dale Talon built it, drafted it, and built it. So. Good on him for that. And he's doing the same thing in Florida. Yeah. So
0: good for them. Uh, Anyway, all decade stuff. We are now into close to the start of the second month of 2020. So we are moving along here. Uh, Hockey seasons are beginning to come to an end and transition into the playoffs. Uh, NCAA here coming in a couple weeks. Um, And I think it's it's a couple weeks. I think it's a couple weeks. They're coming into their conference tournaments. To, right. s- to start uh, who, who will get an automatic bid into the Frozen Four. Uh, February, maybe early March. Um, BCHL is coming down in the home stretch as well. Uh, the Penticton Vs have already played their final road games, so they're into their their final number of games here at home before their, the playoffs and the BCHL start, and thus the CJHL across the board with Alberta, Saskatchewan, Ontario, and all that stuff. And the AHL is moving. There's a guy in the AHL who, at the AHL All Star Game, who had a harder shot than Zdeno Chara at 109 something. Yeah. Ferk. Marty by a vowel, Ferk. Yep. Had a harder shot than what Zdeno Chara and a lot of NHL guys had. So good on him. And.
1: Did you see the so
0: WHL is coming down to the Memorial Cup? Yep, uh, they're going to be here. Kelowna, in Kelowna. is hosting it, so uh, they are they will get a, kind of an automatic b- automatic bid into the Memorial Cup yeah. festivities, uh, which may not go well based on how things have gone so far this season. Well, the
1: town of Kelowna will do a great job hosting that tournament, mm-hmm. uh, and it'll be a fantastic tournament for probably for everybody but the Rockets. They yep. unless they unless they really shock everyone. Uh, They are, they're going to be, they're going to be uphill
0: and the Uh, trade deadline coming up uh, February 24th trade center on February 24th on TSN. I pray that I don't get a call at work (laughs) because I will be glued to trade center.
1: Um, be watching them talk about nothing, for but 11 hours, if I,
0: but for the sake of professionalism, if I do get a call, I can always record trade center and, and yes. go to work so. and I'll
1: text you. And you yeah. You know the news. And
0: Hey, I won't see my phone <laughs> cause I'll be busy working. So anyway, so, uh, uh, but another- trade tr- trade deadline, February 24th, uh, it is coming up. Will Josh Anderson be in blue and white to come the trade oh, deadline? Oh uh, those are all questions being asked here at war room. So, um,
1: Tune in though. Tune in tonight and fri- uh, Is it tonight and Friday or tonight and Saturday for the Battle of Alberta? Ooh yeah. They have uh, after the Kachuk Cassian. Yeah. Fun. Now Edmonton has put Jujar Kyra in the lineup for tonight. I saw that,
0: and, he, and I, I, that's strictly a size thing because I never pictured him as being a a force guy that you'd put out there if things got rough, yeah. but. So to me, it's strictly a size thing more than anything. But Well, hey. the
1: Flames called up a guy named Buddy Robinson, uh, who is is six six and like 245 or something or other. So when, we'll when is see. that?
0: When does that happen?
1: It starts tonight. They, oh, play, one tonight. They, they got a home and home. Oh, and I have to work tonight. Uh, mm. Well, you'll be back by the time it's... You'll be back by second, first intermission. Oh, Maybe. right, because they start late. Because they start... Yeah, there'll be a late game.
0: So they start late. Well, mountain time. So. Eight o'clock Mountain times. So that's seven here. Better PVR, and that's when work starts for me.
1: Anyway, I'll, that'll be fine. But it, it'll be fun. That'll be fun to at least see the highlights or something. So that be good. I got a hunch that's going to be a big a big bust.
0: Think so. Well, all the hype around yeah. them re- having the rematch and generating
1: a lot of buzz. But the they're the two points are way more important for both of those teams. Right. True. Now. True. So, anyway, well, what
0: are we looking forward to this coming week? We, it's still too early to say that we're looking forward to the trade deadline because that's still a few weeks away. That that occurs after my birthday, by the way. So, just throwing that out there, my birthday's in February, folks.
1: Well, um, Dubas is going to give you Josh Anderson in case people want to. Well, you mean me, you? Well, yeah, okay. Toronto's, not, you, Toronto's not my
0: team. By you, I meant me. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yep, yeah, so uh, it's
1: still too early for us to be looking forward to that next week. But. There'll be stuff going on. You know what, though? There, As we said last week, what, 18 teams in the league have less than a million dollars in cap space? So there's going to have to be, be some real fancy hocus-pocus going on. People keeping salary or shipping salary out to bring salary in LTIR a long-term injury reserve for somebody. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I don't know if they can do that with Morgan Riley, uh, but would you want to though? Because then you can't put him back in the lineup and cause you the can't
0: playoffs. put him in. But, but then again, I also heard that maybe they do that. You let him rest till playoffs, mm-hmm. you LTIR and it frees up a little space so Free you can do something. Cause then, cause then, you can have that extra guy play come playoff time. Whereas if you don't LTIRM, then somebody has got to go come playoff time because it's too, the roster's overflowing. But so that might be a smart decision by
1: the Leafs then, but they also have to make the playoffs. So, you know, Oh, you're done. (laughs) Well, although my spring would go a lot easier if they didn't, you know, why is that? Then I wouldn't have the, I wouldn't have the strain. Right, I wouldn't have
0: to because it, it's not a strain with for you and the Leafs through the regular season, no. <laughs> just sitting there on the couch watching the Leafs bitching about I've, William Nylander and how soft this <laughs> and oh horrible that and Dubas this defensive and,
1: oh. coverage. Ah.
0: you know, for a guy for a team like the Leafs that are your favorite team, you sure do a lot of. I'm not happy of, until I'm miserable. You know, that. complaining, but you're also hypocritically, you're also the guy. <laughs> When the Leafs start four and zero oh in a year, saying "tape off the parade route, so, go into the parade." <laughs> anyway,
1: um, looking forward to everything back in God. full swing.
0: You keep interrupting me, Sorry. and I always end sentences with um. Um, I sound like a hockey player being interviewed. Okay, <laughs> go. Head to head to the necessary social media platforms: Facebook. Instagram and Twitter, that's War Room the Hockey Podcast, at War Room the Hockey Podcast, and at War Hockey, respectively. Make sure you follow and like. Make sure you head to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe. Rate and review. Please rate and review uh, if you have a moment. The rating and reviewing process goes a long way with the iTunes, Apple algorithms in helping podcasts gain some traction. Uh, so please do that if you have a moment. Uh, it is greatly appreciated. Uh, again, our listeners are the driving force behind what we do. We can't thank you enough for continuing to support and continuing to tune in.
1: I will be going to my favorite social media platform in about an hour. Breakaway Brewing. Breakaway Brewing. I'm going to. I'm going to rate and review, and I'm going to like several pints of beer,
0: like the vanilla stout.
1: Yes. And, uh, and, and then what about, what about the one you were looking forward to? The raspberry Porter already uh, today. They, they may be out of it at, by the end of the day. So I'm, I've got to be in there this afternoon, small batch stuff, you know, yes and then I'll be home in time for the leaf game at, <laughs> well, in Dallas. That's the
0: concern. Yeah. We work tonight and I work tonight in the avs play too. So <sighs> tough being you, it's a tough time being alive. <laughs> Well, anyways, um, thank you again for tuning in. This has been episode 41 of War the Hockey Podcast. I am Evan Rauer, and I will see you all throughout the hockey community. Cheers. Cheers.